2: Welcome to Love It or Leave It, Vax to the Future.
3: Vax to the Future, love it, give me the news for years past, like an attack, our minds are battered and bruised, our sensibility, civility, pushed right to the edge, things that tipped the other way, we'd all be out on the ledge. But it's okay. Right. it's okay, we're all doing fine, I've got PTSD! We're all at therapy, by and oh say can you see a new day is dawning we're in good hands with uncle sam's little bro not the youngest brother with the iguanas in the basement he loves the bible but seems pretty cool it's papa joe To the future love it, give me the news for his past, like an attack. Our minds are battered and bruised. Our sensibility, civility pushed right to the edge. Things and tipped the other way, we'd all be out on the ledge. But it's all right, it's okay, we're all doing fine. I'm eating noodles for breakfast. We're all in therapy, buying edibles in cases of wine. I'm Oh say, can you see, a new day is dawning, and anything is possible, like universal basic income, daylight savings time ending, and a ramp wheel on the Senate floor. We're in good hands. Says folks way too much, but he seems pretty cool as Papa Joe Back to the future love it gave me the news
2: that incredible song was by Chris Adams. If you want to make a Vax to the Future theme song, please send it to us at leaveit@crooked.com, leaveit@crooked.com. Before we get to the show, check out Keep It this month. Ira, Ida, and Lewis will be having discussions with black creators, black-owned business leaders, and many more great guests for Black History Month. Make sure you're subscribed to Crooked's pop culture and politics podcast, Keep It, wherever you listen. You're going to hear Ira do a rant later. Keep It is awesome. You will love it. If, you ha- if you're if you not listening to it, what are you doing? Um, and also, if you aren't subscribed to the What A Day newsletter, please check it out. It's written by Sarah Lazarus, who is hilarious. She, it is an awesome recap at the end of every day to let you know what happened uh, uh, in the day's news. It is funny. It is insightful. You'll really like it. So check that out at crooked.com slash subscribe. Later in the show, we'll be joined by Alima Tu, Aaron Ryan, Ira Madison III, uh, Travis Helwig stops by, and we play a very fun game with listeners. But first... He's an actor, comedian, and host of the podcast My Mama Told Me. Welcome back, returning champion, Langston Kerman.
1: Yeah, we're
2: Yeah. Back. <laughs> I'm excited. I can't wait. <laughs> Let's get into it. What a week. Langston, as you know, we like to start these episodes with the worst joke we could come up with.
1: Oh, I know. I'm excited to hear uh, how bad you can go. Let's do it. <laughs>
2: This is brutal. Business Insider is changing its name to Insider. Ever since this pandemic started, everybody's losing business.
1: Okay, all right. You went cute, and uh, I, I appreciate that. I thought you were gonna you were gonna say something about minding their business, and and I was like, oh, we're getting a little edgy. But no, you were like, what is the family friendly version of this joke? Which
2: well, is it's something about the
1: word business. Mm-hmm. Just business, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs>
2: Jeff Bezos announced that he will step down from his role as Amazon CEO later this year. Bezos is stepping down to focus on his true passion, collecting infinity stones.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> just, wants, just wants to do this now.
1: I recently uh, found out that he's he's got a whole space program he's working on. So, of course, he. Oh, that doesn't sound good. No, it's not. There's no way that's good. But he's sending people to suborbital space. Uh, for 200 grand each you can fly up to suborbital space so you know he's got things to focus on that's expensive yeah no it I'm is i'm gonna wait till it
2: i'm <laughs> gonna wait till it's you know after a while they'll bring it down to like 150 you
1: yeah know? you want those southwest discounts once those kick in that's when you go
2: you gotta go to space on an off weekend
1: mm-hmm. right <laughs> go to space in the winter when uh when the tickets are cheaper <laughs>
2: <laughs> the winter. Oh, it's win- Of course his tickets to space are cheaper. It's winter out here. It's winter. It's bad weather. <laughs> Bezos is stepping down to focus on his true passion, being a more ripped bald guy than J.K. Simmons. Mm. Is that true? JK's pretty buff. Um, that's why he's got to focus. Yeah, that's, why our, that's why Jeff has to focus. <laughs> Bezos is stepping down to focus on his true passion, completing the time machine through which he gave himself the idea for Amazon. <laughs>
1: that's weird. What if he doesn't do it? You know, what happens? Oh, then he's just a dude with a weird eye and he's just got to wrestle with that for the rest of his life and no money to help make it feel better. Yeah, he's got to invent Amazon. We're, we're wrong. He deserves what, what he has. A hundred percent, we're wrong. He deserves every penny. <laughs> because otherwise he just has to look at that eye and that's crazy. <laughs>
2: Amazon workers in an Alabama warehouse have complained that the company is posting anti-union flyers in the bathroom stalls, but if they don't want to see the posters, they should just pee in water bottles like they're supposed to. (laughs) That's a pretty good one. I don't know. If you
1: you don't want to see the posters, stop asking your robot boss for a break. (laughs) If you don't want to see the posters, you should have never learned to read in the first place. That's not why we hired you, Amazon workers.
2: They're, they've introduced this thing. It's called like the mega cycle or the mega death cycle where there's a 10-hour shift or that goes from 1.20 a.m. to 11.20 a.m. Mm. That is a
1: brutal shift. Yeah, it's wild that we know. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's wild that, like, we don't even know what Nike's doing in, in terms of their uh, secret sweatshops and all that. But we know exactly what's happening with Amazon, and nobody can do anything. It's, it's a fascinating experience. <sighs> On Groundhog Day at Gobbler's Knob in Punxsutawney, Pugsatani Phil did
2: see his shadow. And so, you know what that <laughs> means? Six more years of COVID. Mm. Oh, I don't like that one <laughs> no, at all. I don't that don't doesn't. Like that one. That doesn't feel good. I want to go outside. (laughs) I want to go outside. I want to go inside. Those are two of my favorite places. Inside
1: and outside. I like outside. And then sometimes you get sick of that. You go on inside. You go on inside. And you don't have to like uh, prep to go inside or uh, ask politely that somebody else following you inside not follow so closely. I would love to let people follow me closely inside.
2: I want to sneak a Chipotle burrito into a movie And then have the person sitting next to me being like, what the fuck?
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because we're so close. And not because your mask is off, but just because you're being unreasonable in a different way. Right. Right. (laughs) I'm being antisocial in a less deadly but very
2: annoying way. Yeah. One time, uh, my friend Spencer and I, we went to a movie that we thought was going to be empty. It was like a Sunday afternoon, a movie that had been out for a long time. And so we did sneak in. A pair of piping hot Chipotle burritos, <laughs> and we got into the theater and we we're like, "Oh fuck, it's pretty full." Yeah, it's pretty full. And we sat down in our seats. We're the villains in this story, to be clear, we're the villains. <laughs> we sat down in our seats, and it, I was uh, I was like one next to the aisle, but the seat next to me was empty. Then it was uh, my friend, and then it was a stranger. And then the stranger turned to my, to Spencer and said, would you guys at least mind sliding over?
1: Uh. And, and Spencer
2: went, "Now nah, we're good.
1: <laughs> it wasn't
2: right. No, I mean, my hands, right. are all,
1: my hands are all covered in case. Though so I don't want to get up. I, I'm just going to chill. I'm going to chill right here. My dad, every year uh, for my birthday, would take me and my friends to the movie theater. And he would, uh, obviously, he's not paying for my friends. He'll pay for the tickets, but he's not paying for us to get snacks on top of that. And every year, he would make us line up at the door, like 12 of us. And he would literally stuff every coat pocket he could find with various items, including like Pop-Tarts and Fruits. Fruit snacks and juice boxes. So we were all just little criminals that he was uh, marching to go uh, watch the Sixth Man together in theater. Nice, nice,
2: <laughs> nice. I would. I had a pair of cargo shorts when I lived in New York solely for the purpose of putting a Big Mac in one pocket and fries in the Jesus. other. <laughs>
1: Like two Darn. little gun holsters for a, a chubby kid. Oh, I love yeah. that. Just, <laughs> I mean, just appalling.
2: Do you remember when Bill de Blasio killed that groundhog? Oh, I do remember that.
1: He just dropped it. Yeah, he's he tall. Yeah, he just gave it a permanent, like, concussion and then it died.
2: Yeah, it died. Wow. He dropped it and it died. In hindsight, maybe a bad omen.
1: No, it wasn't. Yeah, maybe that's not omen. a good sign. What does that mean for winter? <laughs> <laughs> now the groundhogs sing all kinds of things, and none of it's good.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it's not great. It's not,
1: not a good sign for winter when the groundhog is dead. <laughs> the groundhog sing the uh, crippling shadow of death, I think, is is what it's saying. And, uh, oh boy, winter is going to be a while this year.
2: <laughs> it's going to be a cold one. It's going to be a cold one. The groundhog uh, sees only grim death. Yeah. The DC police are investigating after a man told his apartment building that he had the COVID-19 vaccine for sale asking for $500 or best offer. Good news, they stopped him. Bad news, it, it was Fauci. <laughs> it was Fauci. It's been a real real blow to his reputation.
1: There were some leftovers. They told me I could sell them. I what? What do you want from me? The man's working hard for us. Let him get his beak wet. <laughs>
2: Russia's Sputnik vaccine has been proven to be safe and effective. I'm not doing it. I forgot. This is, they declared while waving a needle in front of Alexei Navalny. Oh, shit. Oh, that's fun. Ah, uh, it's too dark.
1: That's too much. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> there is something nice about them threatening as somebody's writing it down. That's nice. <sighs> Data from the clinical trials of the
2: Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine and the Johnson & Johnson vaccine show that they both prevented 100% of hospitalizations after just a single dose. Can't wait. With a 0% chance of hospitalization, I could finally get a trampoline. (laughs) (laughs) They figured they cracked it. Uh You'll
1: never go to the hospital. There's no reason to go to the hospital now, now that COVID's not on the table. All the other things that kill us, not a concern.
2: Uh, Langston, have you ever seen the film Terms of Endearment? I have not. Starring Shirley MacLaine. I'm
1: aware of it. I, I haven't seen You it. haven't
2: seen the 1983 James L. Brooks <laughs> film starring, <laughs> starring Deborah Winger and Shirley MacLaine with a brief appearance by Jack Nicholson?
1: <laughs> I've covered all of James L. Brooks' other work, and I just missed that one. That's <laughs> the one that I, I skipped.
2: Well, in that movie, there's a famous scene where Shirley MacLaine is running around a hospital yelling to get a shot. Mm. And now we are all Shirley MacLaine running around demanding, give us the shot. (laughs) And they won't give it to us. And um, now for a segment called I Try Not to Cry Because I Thought of Terms of Endearment.
1: Oh, (laughs) well, what did she want the shot so bad for? Was there? Well,
2: She's in pain. The daughter's in pain. It's a very sad film. It's a very sad film very sad. I got you. I'll cry right. I swear to God, I will tear up thinking about the film.
1: Listen, I'm sold. You don't have to keep selling it. You you keep trying to pitch this to me, lowering the price. I get it. I'm sold. I'm in. I've made the sale. I should just move on. But what (laughs) if I
2: told you, what if I told you that at first it's a movie about Jeff Daniels cheating on his wife?
1: Okay. (laughs) There it is. So it's not just sad, it's like messy, and then it gets sad.
2: Oh, it's messy. It's messy, and then it's sad. Jack Nicholson plays, you guessed it, an astronaut.
1: Oh, (laughs) good for him. This is when he was still, like, balding and not, like, uh, fully committed to just being a weirdly bald guy. Yeah, no, he was, well, he was still in his, um...
2: Balding virile phase, mm-hmm. you know, where he would kind of constantly push the hair back. Yeah, and it would be wild, you know.
1: It was like uh, he was he was pretending it was like sexual balding. It, it had, yeah, like it, a was. Sexy it was se- sexual to it was sexual balding.
2: In Pasadena, a man who was turned away from the famed restaurant Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles for being maskless came back with a gun mm-hmm. and robbed them of chicken, waffles, and syrup, which is one way to get
1: your picture on the wall. You know, <laughs> I think I'll say it. I think he did uh, the best he could possibly do. They turned him away for not wearing a mask. And he said, well, I'm not going to inconvenience all of these people by sitting here and yelling and complaining about the injustices that I'm being met with. Mm-hmm. I'll return and get my chicken and waffles. The only way I know how, which is through armed robbery. And I don't, it, it's a blameless crime. He the man yeah. no, with- I, I, no no villains, no
2: heroes. Classic. Uh, it's complicated. People are complicated. Gray area. Classic yep. gray area. I haven't seen it any of the coverage, and it, maybe it says something bad about me, but my first question was, did he pay? Yeah. Is this a Michael Douglas in falling down situation where he robs- the fast food place because he just missed breakfast, but he wants to pay <laughs> He's because like, it's about the
1: principle. I just want to make the transaction and you won't do it unless I point a gun in your face. I had a different friend who uh, who asked if he returned with a mask on this time when he held them at gunpoint. And that one I was pretty certain was a no. I don't think that he, he went, got a mask and a gun and then <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> Which is ironic, right? Because that's, you know... You need a once again. You're fucking up your mask situation in a different way.
1: You would have liked a mask at this point. Uh, you probably would have benefited from the mask, and maybe this wouldn't be quite the news story it's become had you worn a mask.
2: It's ironic, right? Because you can't do a masked robbery because of a mask mandate. It's not possible. It's you're trapped in a loop. You can't do it.
1: Yeah, I think what he's fighting for is unmasked robberies, and that's uh, that's not a great place to be fighting.
2: Meanwhile, the Biden administration will begin shipping vaccines directly to pharmacies this week. Shout out to the first person who goes to CVS Snow, looking for shampoo, a single serving container of hummus and two vitamin waters for the price of one, only to luck into getting a soon to expire dose of Moderna. (laughs) We here at Love It or Leave It
1: salute you. (laughs) That is pretty cool. You go to get some LaCroix and you just end up getting a, a vaccination? Yeah. That's huge. That's what that
2: rules. You're just like, I'm just here for a bag of chocolate-covered pretzels <laughs> uh, that were near the register and Advil. And now I got the vaccine.
1: Can you unlock the deodorant, which you've locked up for some reason? And by the way, I'd love one of those vaccines if you got them. <laughs>
2: Hi, little, Um, I want the one with six blades. I don't know why. Yeah. And and some Pfizer. <laughs>
1: Does Pfizer make both? I don't know if (laughs) Pfizer covers both of those, but yeah, I'll take the Pfizer brand all the way through.
2: Do you have to, do they have to, um, I bet they have to unlock both. Maybe it's the same key. It's probably the same key. Yeah. Now I'm waiting for a manager to unlock the thing with the vaccine. And she stares
1: at you a little mean because you've inconvenienced her. She was in the back watching YouTube videos.
2: It's like, don't blame me. Blame society. Mm -hmm. Why is all this shit locked up? You know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Senator Joe Manchin said on Tuesday that he doesn't support increasing the minimum wage to $15 an hour in the coronavirus relief bill. And that means we can't pass it because Democrats can't afford to lose a single vote, which means the bill can only be as liberal as our most conservative members will allow, just like how a lone picky eater can force an entire family to eat at Bland Andy's House of Buttered Noodles. <laughs>
1: Never been to Bland Andy's? You're, yeah. you're a man who understands politics far better than I do. Why does Joe Manchin get to call himself a Democrat? Like he doesn't like Democrats, he doesn't really vote with Democrats. Why does he get to keep using that tagline? If I, it's well, like I don't get to call myself a rapper, I ain't doing that. I got other shit going on. Well, he is a Democrat
2: just enough. Mm. Like when when it counts, right? Like when we really need him, he's there. Some of the time, <laughs> which is better than Republicans, which are there 0% of the time. I got you. So it's like, uh, I think it's more like when Eddie Murphy put out that album.
1: You oh, know? This, he's a party all the time kind of uh, Democrat. Democrat. Yeah,
2: he's a party all the time Democrat. I got
1: whatever you. Whatever that means. Yeah. Well, that was the single of Eddie Murphy's album was party all no, the time. I, and uh... Oh, I've seen
2: it. It's great. <laughs> it's great.
1: It's pretty fun. He made a reggae album later, and it's way less fun.
2: There are things like that that exist that remind you that you need people in your life that tell you the truth.
1: Mm -hmm. No matter what. Yes. A hundred percent. I, You need somebody to be like, hey, man, button your shirt up and go write some jokes. This ain't the move. Rick James is cool, and we all like hanging out with Rick James, but maybe get those buttons up and start focusing on these comedy jokes. Hey, let's
2: think about how you got here and why anybody knows your name. Maybe focus <laughs> on that. You're super famous for this thing. Not for that thing. No, Look, no, no, no. You're not the first comedian who wanted to be a musician, and there's plenty of musicians that want to be comedians. It doesn't really work. Hey, it hey. It doesn't really work.
1: You're great with voices. We love your voices. None of them should be singing. Maybe just let them talk. <laughs> in in silly stylings maybe in the character of a silly
2: person singing in a comedic moment
1: yep we'll allow it as long as it's silly is it silly eddie because you don't seem like you're being silly right now you seem like you're being very serious and trying to attract people with this
2: (laughs) (laughs) are you trying to tell us you you want us to be taking you seriously right
1: now because that's a mistake. Are you trying to make me horny, Eddie? Because if you're trying to make me horny, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. This is a weird Al Yankovic <laughs> thing we're in.
2: All right? If it's not, we're out. We're out. This week, House Democrats announced that they would take a vote to strip Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene of her committee assignments. It was either that or taking her out with the space laser, <laughs> which was an option. I like that. Hog Marge. Welcome to the Festival of Lights. <laughs> I guess I'm wishing her a happy, happy festival. Yeah. hidden her with the space laser yep. from the Jews.
1: I like that.
2: In a private meeting, Green then was greeted by a standing ovation by half of the Republicans in private. So not like for show, like they were just super pumped to see her. Whoa. And then the next day she went to the floor to defend herself and she said this.
3: I also want to tell you 9-11 absolutely happened. I remember that day crying all day long, watching it on the news.
1: Whoa. Yeah. <laughs>
2: think about how fucking far gone you are Mm -hmm. that you are on the floor of the US Congress being like just to clear just to set the record straight I do believe that 9-11 happened that doesn't mean she doesn't think it was an inside job
1: no she's like it it happened for sure (laughs) those were not digitally uh, uh, falling buildings those were real falling buildings those lives were actually lost and then some person in the back just stood up and slow clapped her real good (laughs) As she finished, like, she nailed it. 9-11 did happen.
2: I'm sorry, Democrats. What do you disagree with?
1: Your rebuttal. <laughs> Go ahead, Nancy. I'd love to hear your rebuttal on this one. Let's
2: hear some cancel culture because 9-11 happened. Oh, now you can't say 9-11 happened. Huh, AOC.
1: That's <laughs> a pretty good argument. I think that is how you win. It's a very Adam Sandler, this is how I win moment, is is you just say 9-11 happened.
2: It's so dark. On the other side of the Republican civil war, uh, Liz Cheney, she voted to impeach Donald Trump. So House Republicans tried to oust her from leadership. She kept her vote by a vote of 145 to 61. So roughly the same number of Republicans voted to overturn the election as supported Liz Cheney for impeaching Trump for trying to do the same thing. And that means, Langston, that there are a bunch of Republicans who voted to overturn the re- the election and then voted to support Liz Cheney for impeaching Trump for trying to overturn the election. Do you know how far gone your party is when the devil on your shoulder is Donald Trump and the angel on your shoulder is Liz fucking Cheney? <laughs> is, is Dick Cheney's third heart. Yeah, it, <laughs> <laughs> Like, the devil in me thinks we should destroy our country, but the angel mm-hmm. in me uh, thinks we should destroy other countries. <laughs> the kid in me loves racist, anti-Semitic uh, Facebook posts, but the adult in me wants to bomb Iran.
1: You know, <laughs> Let's grow up and start a war already. Cut it out with all this infighting. We've got real people to murder. I love it. This is great.
2: <laughs> Langston so good to see you as always thank you so much for being here it was great seeing you when we come back i talked to dr alima too about this moment uh, in the pandemic and some tips for how to uh get through it
0: hey don't go anywhere there's more of love it or leave it coming up
2: And we're back. He is a clinical psychologist and former professor at Columbia University, and he shares helpful videos about mental health and psychology on his YouTube channel, The Psych Show. Please welcome back Dr. Alima too. Good to see you. John, good to see you. Thanks for having me back. It's good to see you. Last time we talked, yeah. it was during a dark moment in terms of the pandemic unfolding before us. It was also at the peak of the fires, and you were in Northern California. You were in a dark place. We were <laughs> yeah. all in a dark place. Uh, and I, you know, I was. You, it was a little bit like physician, heal thyself. You know, how are how are you doing? How is your uh, social distancing um, as it stretches out? How how is how is the family? How are you?
4: Uh, thanks for asking. Um, big picture. I finally started to feel hopeful about the future again sometime in late December. And it was a combination of looks like we are going to have a transition in our government and it's not going to go too horribly, although then we had the insurrection. Um, so in some ways, my worst fears came came true there. Mm-hmm. But um, we also had the vaccines starting to roll out. And that was really the first time in 2020, since the pandemic began, that I started to see some big picture hope we might be able to find a way through this. And even though the vaccine rollout has been rocky and there's a lot of uh, public health kind of stuff we have to work through, I am hopeful about 2021 being a net positive compared to last year. One thing that I I have noticed, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk to
2: you is This is anecdotal, but it's something that I've heard from a ton of people in my life. It's something you see online. I've actually seen a bunch of columns about this, that the end does feel closer. It does feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And yet people seem to feel worse right now, that there's a sense that like they've hit another wall and they don't totally understand why. Are you hearing that? And what are some thoughts you have as to why this moment might feel, even as there's hope, like unsatisfying or kind of dark in some way?
4: Yeah. Well, first off, it's winter. So that um, I, I know might not look like it in Northern California, but um, there's, a, there's a big blizzard that has impacted uh, the East Coast. The, the typical things that we would usually do to cheer each other up, to connect with each other, seem so out of grasp right now, being able to go to someone's home and hang out and be warm, it's still dangerous to do those kind of things. Um, We've got the vaccines, but they're not, they're out of reach for so many different people. So yeah, there's big picture hope, but the day to day challenges of our lives haven't changed much. We still have high rates of infection. There's still the exact same social distancing and safety guidelines are, are in play. It's still very hard to connect with people. Oh, we still have these freaking. I'm so tired of Zooming with you. I would so much <laughs> rather just yeah. hang out and have this conversation face to face, but that's still out of reach. So it, it's, it's a lot of that. We, we know that, um, the first half of a prolonged period of isolation and distancing is always harder than the second half. That's true of scientists stationed in Antarctica. It's true of astronauts on the space station. We don't even know if we're in the second half or not yet. Like we don't have a timeline. We don't know when this thing is gonna end and you have new variants coming up which are um, kicking up all, a lot of our uncertainty. So in some ways we are so much more forward than the last time we spoke and in other ways Nothing's changed. Right. Well, one thing that has changed and I was wondering what you thought about this, which is that the threat from the
2: previous administration is gone. The fear that this person won't leave, that the election won't go the way we want. We ended up with the uh, you know, one of the best case scenarios. Yeah. Do you think part of this is this sort of source of adrenaline? and attention
4: kind of being removed? The days following uh, Trump's ban from Twitter and later Facebook and other social media platforms, I don't know if you felt this, John, I felt like I could just breathe a little bit, like I had a sigh of relief. He wasn't all over the news. He wasn't the main story, like the random shit Trump was saying on social media wasn't what was filling up my mind with anxiety. And um, this kind of taps onto a lot of what we know about poverty and resources. Like when when you're, um, it's not just about, income and, and wealth and funds and money, but when your mind is really focused on one thing you don't feel like you have enough of, um, it focuses completely on that. Like when you're hungry, all you can think about is hunger and everything else kinda, uh, you, you let everything else fall apart. Many of us don't have enough time, so we we focus so much on our work and we don't do our laundry or don't do anything else, like we can't focus on solving the other problems similar thing was happening with the Trump presidency. There was so much fear and uncertainty and, and anger about what the administration was doing. It was absorbing all of your attention and all of your resources. And now that that administration is gone and every day isn't full of, can you believe what Biden said? And is like he actually going to do that thing? Like w- We have a bit more attention to focus on other things. Like, especially those of us who might have been in some kind of vulnerable community or or identify with a community that was challenged or put at risk by the Trump administration. Like, all of our attention isn't dedicated to following all the crazy stories that are developing out of that. We can breathe a little bit and focus a little bit more on other things. I ate 33 out of 36
2: Oreos. Uh, from a box of Oreos in a 24 hour period.
4: Uh, what do you think that means? Well, uh, two questions. One is, were they the lady Gaga Oreos? because No,
2: they weren't. Yeah. they were just normal, they weren't even double stuff. They were classic, normal, good old-fashioned American Oreos.
4: Yeah, yeah, doctor. Yeah. <laughs> um, those are those are good. I like the the like dipped ones where it's an Oreo, but then it's like dipped in more chocolate. It's it's just like completely wrapped. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a different podcast entirely. Um, what what does that mean um, when we are really? full of intense emotions. Sometimes we go back to the things that reliably provide us comfort and that's totally okay and that's totally good um, as long as it's not something that's happening like every single night. Right. I say that, but like I have <laughs> been going to my own like Sour Patch Kids as a source of uh, of comfort for myself often. <laughs> um, it, it's It's really just like finding ways to kind of soothe your body down when it's, when it's been at such a high, not like a good high, like a high anxiety for so many different reasons.
2: Yeah. I'm surprised by how many nights in a row I'll say, you know what? You deserve dessert today. Today's a day <laughs> that you've earned a dessert. It's like every, I didn't do anything that special today. I just got through today. Um, thank you so much for your time. Before I let you go, I did want to ask it feels like we're, we can see the end, but there's no date certain. It moves around. We hear there are variants. Then we hear the vaccine's effective. We hear that the vaccine will be available in the spring. Then we hear there's a setback to when it's going to be available. Do you have any thoughts or tips just for people how they can manage that uncertainty or give themselves more of a sense of certainty from it
4: or just some other way to kind of think about in a helpful way like the next few months? There is a lot to remain hopeful for. In the big picture, I am hopeful that by the time this year is out, we are going to have more in-person activities and and contact with the people we love and the people we care about. I, I definitely see that on the horizon. But we don't know when that's gonna come. We don't know for all the reasons you just mentioned. So the biggest thing that we still need is, is something that you all have been doing in 2020. And that is focusing on the near term. Focusing on today focusing on tomorrow focusing on the next week ahead the best way we can manage uncertainty is by Focusing on the things that we can control the things in our immediate environment and not plan for too far down the horizon too far Down into the future tolerating uncertainty is a muscle that you build and the more that you are able to focus on the here and now and what you can control the better you will be able to tolerate the big-picture uncertainty because We have no idea what's coming, but if you're able to tap into those skills that you built up in 2020, you're going to be able to get through some of these speed bumps you have coming our way in 2021.
2: I like that. Uh, Tolerance for uncertainty is a muscle you build. Dr. Alima, too. thank you so much for
4: talking to us. Hey, my pleasure. And uh, if you find those Lady Gaga Oreos, please send them (laughs) my way because I've been looking.
2: I know people, I haven't, I got to track them down. I'm sure they taste great because Oreos are great. That's the thing about them.
4: Yeah, I never met an Oreo I didn't like. They're always delicious. (laughs) Thanks, John, for having me.
2: Thank you to Dr. Olima, too, for joining us. When we come back, we uh, challenge some listeners on the hobbies they started but did not finish during this time of social distance.
0: Don't go anywhere. This is Love It or Leave It, and there's more on the way.
2: And we're back. So we are just weeks away from the one-year anniversary of quarantine, and boy, are my weed gummies tired. (sighs) 11 months is long enough for most of us to admit that our pandemic hobbies didn't really pan out, the herb garden didn't grow, the sourdough didn't start, your time with Infinite Jest turned out to be finite. So we wanted to hear all about the bikes you bought but never rode in a segment we're calling... Oh, right. I was never going to use this time effectively. Who the hell was I kidding? Now let's stream some dumb shit. Uh, Here to play the game... We have Elizabeth, Samantha, and Eric. Welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hello. Uh, So here's how this works, all right? It's a very uh, sophisticated, complicated game. I'm going to talk to each of you about the hobby you attempted and failed, and I'm going to decide who failed the hardest, all right? And that's how you'll win. Elizabeth, start with you. What is the pandemic hobby skill that you wanted to take up that you wanted to learn?
5: Yeah, I thought it would be a good idea and it would save me some money if I started making my own dehydrated fruit for my uh, Mm two-year-old. And I got really excited. I did a lot of research, went on New York Times to find the best food dehydrator and I bought it. And then I realized that it doesn't just take fruit and a fruit dehydrator. It also takes preservatives, which I had no idea of. And it also takes about 18 hours to do apples. So I was going to have to do a whole bag of apples for 18 hours, It just for about a Ziploc bag size full of apple chips.
2: And uh, how much did the dehydrator cost, roughly? About
5: 120.
2: Was it used once? I haven't even taken it out of the box. All right, well, okay, okay, 120 bucks, food dehydrator, did not use it. How long, when did you buy it? In October. (laughs) of last year i think it's cool that you still have the box i think it's cool that you (laughs) kept it all taking up space in your house i think that that's cool i think that's cool
5: yeah Uh, i got to opening it realized how long stuff was gonna take me and then it sat in a corner that's as far as i got and it is forgotten now well till today
2: all right elizabeth (laughs) uh please hold on a moment all right we have this we have the food dehydrator let's go to samantha and find out about her hobbies and how abysmally she failed at them. Samantha, um, talk to us. What, what did you hope to achieve in this pandemic time?
6: So I know how to knit. And I figured um, I was on TikTok a lot um, during the summer because sure. who like who isn't on there? And um, I uh, decided to make the Harry Styles cardigan from J.W. Anderson that everyone was making. And so, mm-hmm. but um, they didn't have all the colors. So I just bought random colors and the size sure. of each one. Um, it involved like 16 like balls of yarn. So um, I just, I I spent like $100 at Michael's and got this huge ass box um, at my front door. And it just kind of sat in the box for two months. And then I started it and I only got like six squares in. Like it's an mm-hmm. entire cardigan
2: and I just gave up because, um, it looks cool. Uh, do you have the evidence of your attempt?
6: Yeah, I have. So (laughs) I have part of it. Um, it's not even the right color. That's
2: not, that's yarn. You're just showing me yarn. Oh, I see. I see.
6: Um, yeah, I like gave up on this last one because it was too hard. Um, I was also drunk while I knitted it. So I'm pretty sure I messed it up.
2: Uh huh. (laughs) So that looks like that looks like you started a scarf.
6: Yeah, but you you have to do like 12 of these and then you sew it together and then you become Harry Styles.
2: That's cool. That's cool. I like Harry Styles. I like that. He's like, I say no to some but not all of your gender norms. I like that. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Okay, so Samantha, it is crafts, which I think is it somehow feels like a little bit more of a failure Uh, also I do think because of the sad remnant of basically two squares, um, it's just a funny image. Uh, so I, I feel really good about that. Um, and it's a tough competition. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to rule yet. Uh, it's a tough competition right now between Elizabeth and Samantha time to talk to Eric, Eric. Hello. What is the hobby you decided to use this time to tackle?
7: So I decided to learn how to play guitar because of a boy.
4: <laughs> sure. So
7: Sure. It, yeah. Was that? Okay. So it was like, you know, we, we started dating. And I was trying to do everything a new thing. Well, you know, I tried to do active listening, triangulating each other's needs, feeding him cookies so he doesn't leave me. So the one thing that we both missed during the pandemic was um, live music and we both play the piano. So I wanted to surprise him by learning the guitar and say like, Oh my gosh, we can jam. We can have live music over quarantine. I made a name for us. We would be called the Von Trapped family singers. Um, uh, but here we are months later. Um, and, uh, I'm left with no man and a gu- dusty guitar. <laughs> so, okay. That is, I mean, so first of all, I do want to, Just circle back
2: to something you said at the top, because I do believe I heard that you said that one of the new things you were going to try during the pandemic was called listening, (laughs) uh, which I think is really funny. So did you know this person before the pandemic began? Yep.
7: And you broke up during the pandemic? Yep. And uh, uh, joke's on me. He's still in my COVID bubble. He's
2: still in your bubble. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, failure?
7: Wow. Wow.
2: Wow. That sucks. Okay. Eric. Wow. Okay. Now, but in fairness to Samantha and Elizabeth, you're definitely winning in the sense that what you're describing did make us the saddest. Mm -hmm. However, it's a little bit off from the actual hobby itself. Do you
7: have a guitar nearby? Yes, it's right here, and I will tell you I had to tune it <laughs> because I haven't tuned it. Mm-hmm. So she's here; she's still dusty. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And
2: can you show us, uh, play, play, play the guitar? Let's see, let's see what's the best you can do. Oh,
7: uh, I may, And look, okay,
2: I may stop this at any moment. So you got to come in, come in hot, okay. and
7: do your best because okay. I will cut this off. Thank you, uh, Last of Us Two, um, for this song. Um, take on me. Wait. Hold on. Wait, no, that's not it. Hold on. Okay. So far, yeah, you're pretty bad. Oh, that's... Oh, shit. Oh, you know my headphones. Who cares? I can sing if you want. No, I'm not going to do that.
2: Well Elizabeth, Samantha, let's give some applause for Eric. That was great. Thanks. Thank you.
7: So um Oh shit. There it goes. <laughs> Wait, I I don't I didn't buy a uh, guitar stand.
2: Sorry, I'm just sort of reeling from what I've learned. Um uh, all right, I am prepared now uh, with the winner of the game, uh, our second runner-up. For the dream of dried fruit and the failure to make it in her home for her family is Elizabeth. It is truly sad that you bought a fruit dehydrator and did not dehydrate any fruit. Uh, Your hope of making something akin to healthy fruit roll-ups was admirable, but you failed. Uh, And for that, we salute you. Our first runner-up, with her desire to see a piece of clothing in the world and then decide to create it in her own home during this difficult time, and then completely failing. I mean, just basically doing part of a scarf, which is the easiest thing to knit, let's face it, and then giving up having purchased the wrong colors and seemingly having begun attempting it without any plan whatsoever when clearly making a cardigan this complicated would have required some advanced planning. You can't just drunkenly start to knit. Our first runner-up is Samantha. And the winner of our pandemic hobby, (laughs) Abysmal Failure, is Eric, who learned both how to listen and play guitar and ended up being unable to listen or play that guitar for anyone. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, But he played a beautiful rendition from The Last of Us 2, and so while he may not have successfully learned to go play the guitar yet, I think that we all believe that he will soon be playing the Last of Us 2 theme for another boy
7: who will understand just what he's gotten. All right, Eric? Sounds great. Sounds great. You're our winner. This is exciting. It's so exciting. Do I get like a premium account to like a dating Thing or?
2: Yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll send you that. We'll great, get you. We'll great. get you a coupon. We'll get you. We'll get you some premium. Uh, we'll get you some premium access. I don't know what that gets you. More swipes? I don't know. I
7: don't know. Haven't been on it. You can. Nobody can. Too sad. Too sad. Okay.
2: Too sad. Oh no, Eric, you've won. Thank you. Woo! Elizabeth, Samantha, Eric, it was so fun. Thank you so much for joining. I think that uh, many of us can commiserate with our failure to use this time to learn the things we said we would learn because it turns out that it's still us in the pandemic, not some better version of us using the time more effectively. And uh, I say that as somebody who has written zero things they said they were gonna write during this time. We are zero for zero. I had a lot of ideas, all right? I had pilots, I had op-eds, I had essays, all right? Zero, zero. Thank you to Elizabeth, Samantha, and Eric for joining us. That was awesome. When we come back, the Rain Wheel.
0: Hey, don't go anywhere. There's more of Love It or Leave It coming up.
4: Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients miracle grow is simply the best
2: and we're back now it's time for the rant wheel you know how it works we spin the wheel wherever it lands we talk about the topic this week on the wheel we have space force emily in paris lamar odom versus aaron carter playstation 5 oreos valentine's day super bowl ads and cooking at home we're doing things a little differently on the rant wheel this week, so you're about to hear rants uh, from me, from Langston, from Aaron Ryan, from Ira Madison, from Travis, and um, you know, that's it. It has landed on Space Force, and here to rant about the topic, the host of hysteria, returning champion, Aaron Ryan.
8: <laughs> I didn't realize that this was a contest.
2: It's a contest. I thought this was just... Life is a contest.
8: It's nice to know that I'm a champion, though. I ha- My trophy must have gotten lost in the mail. Okay, so I'm here to rant about Space Force. So here's why I'm ranting about Space Force. A couple days ago, one of the kind of wild-eyed Trumpist grifters tried to stoke up the outrage cycle against the White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, by sending the following tweet. Jen Psaki mocked, our service heroes, there's nothing funny about the Space Force. Au contraire, Grifter. Everything is funny about the Space Force because objectively bad ideas that stupid people love are funny. Um, so I know a lot of people have pointed out that Space Force is stupid um, because there's been a sort of drip, drip, drip of like bad ideas that have come out around this new branch of the military. Um, but this Trumpland Grifter tweeting that about Jen Psaki, really gave me an opportunity to kind of put all of those drips together into an ocean of stupidity. Okay, so first of all, Mm -hmm. the Space Force logo is bad. It's ripped off directly from one of the Star Treks. I don't know which Star Trek Mm -hmm. because I don't watch the Star Treks. Nothing wrong with watching the Star Treks. I just personally don't want to trek through the stars. But it's a direct ripoff, and it is very, very silly. Um, Second, the name is bad. Like, conceptually... The title sounds like something a six-year-old boy would come up with. And it also kind of brings to mind, like, what are we forcing in space? What is the point of a space army? Mm -hmm. Have we declared war on the moon? Did President Trump watch the movie Alien and think it was a documentary like he thought Sicario was a documentary about crossing the border? A lot of questions about why we're calling it (laughs) Space Force.
2: Sicario, just starting to interrupt, Sicario is a documentary about – what happens when the lead character in a movie doesn't do anything? Sorry, go on, as you were
8: saying. <laughs> I mean, I've fallen asleep in it three times, so I'll take your word for it. Um, okay, so, so third, the people in the Space Force are called guardians. Mm-mm. Guardian, okay, first of all, there's already a movie about people in space who are guardians, and it's called Guardians of the Galaxy, which is a better name than Space Force. Um, but also, like, the word guardians, it evokes protection. And I'm trying to think of something that could come from space, that could hurt me or Earth, that a person could stop. Literally nothing. A comet? (laughs) What are you going to do with that space force? A sunstorm? You're going to fly into the sun? You're going to stop it from interfering with the magnetic field? You're going to uninvent magnetism? It's like if all the women in the military were declared a new branch of the military and called uh, the bitch squadron, (laughs) Or, that
1: sounds cool.
8: Uh, I, actually, I would probably join the bitch squadron. But,
2: that sounds good, though.
8: Or if all the Navy midshipmen who went in submarines were renamed the Wet Boys. The Space Force— Still,
2: you're <laughs> still—you're not—you're just coming up with good ideas.
8: I think the Wet Boys <laughs> would be funny. I would want to be we're friends the with, a, <laughs> mm-hmm. with a Wet Boy. But here's the thing. Space Force already exists. It is part of the Air Force, just as the wet boys are already in the Navy. Uh, We do not need another distinction and another way for us to funnel money to the military that A, doesn't make us any safer, B, doesn't benefit any members of the actual Space Force. It is an invented bureaucratic layer with every possible aspect of it is stupid and funny. Everything about Space Force is funny, and I hope... President Biden puts Space Force back where it belongs, which is in the Air Force, and also maybe declaring war on the Moon.
2: Very good points. Uh, I'll add only a couple small things. One, the uniforms are not good. They may have had some nerds on this, but we needed some some gay nerds on this, and <laughs> I would like to see uh, a reconsideration of the uniform. Uh, now, I do have some problem with this being in the Air Force because uh, in Star Trek. Uh, They use sea terms, you're an admiral, you know, you're a captain, and I would like of a ship, you know, Uh and so uh, uh, I would consider whether or not we think of of space as a big sea, you know, Mm -hmm. not so much sky, as a big ocean, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. for space-going vessels. Yeah, there's
8: dark matter out there, but not very much of anything else, but the Guardians thing is sort of evocative of, like, heaven-themed stuff, like angels.
2: It's too pop culture, like... Guardians of the Galaxy, Star Trek, like, use them, fine, but like, go deeper if you're looking for sci fi from which to draw inspiration. Aaron Ryan, everybody, thank you so much for joining. That was thanks, great.
8: Thanks for having me.
2: It has landed on Emily in Paris, here to rant about the topic, host of Keep It. Iron Madison III. Returning champion. Returning champion, Iron Madison III. Lest I forget.
9: Hi, John. Returning champion?
2: Yeah. <laughs> sure. Why
9: not? I've won the rant wheel before. There were prizes. I didn't get one.
2: Well, Everyone takes this compliment and is like, where's my trophy? It says something about our generation. <laughs>
9: or my parachute what? gift card.
2: <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> all right. Emily in Paris. We all love it. It's everyone's favorite show. What do you got to say about it?
9: Um... For those who don't know, Emily in Paris was nominated this week for a Golden Globe Mm -hmm. for Best Series, and (laughs) Lily Collins was nominated for Best Actress in a Comedy. I have a lot of thoughts about this, and they could involve Michaela Cole, and I may destroy you not being nominated, Mm -hmm. but they are mostly on the fact that I feel like... I did this. I feel like I did this. I feel like uh-huh. Tommy Vitor did this.
2: Mm-hmm.
9: Yeah, I feel like Tastemaker, John, and Emily Favreau did this. It's all our fault.
2: You think we moved the culture? You think, I think Crooked we did. moved the culture?
9: I think we did. I think Crooked took a hard stance on Emily in Paris. Is watchable. It's fun. Tommy was always tweeting about it, and now Tommy. Well, Tommy pretended
2: he didn't like it, and then had his funny way of watching it in its entirety by himself um, I will say I'm I am surprised that you think that look you tell me that we've got some poll with Emmy voters I'll believe you but why I don't know about our poll with the Hollywood foreign press
9: okay so this is I have to explain this because it goes all the way to the top Wow follow the <laughs> now uh, IRA anon. <laughs> Who does the Hollywood foreign press love? Stars. Who have they gifted before? Mia Farrow. Who do they love? Wow. Mia Farrow and her family. Ronan Farrow, Mm -hmm. your fiance. This is all Mm -hmm. to get to Ronan. You bet. That's that why they voted for Emily in
2: Paris. That really checks out. Does, um, uh, just to apply your theory, can you also make that theory apply to uh, the film The Tourist starring Johnny Depp, previous uh,
9: honoree of the Hollywood Farm Press? Mm. You know, I don't know. Cr- Cricket's not responsible for that, though. <laughs> it's before our time. It's before our time. Uh, Although, I do support mm-hmm. accolades for The Tourist because it does star my favorite white woman, Angelina Jolie.
2: I just remember that there's, I never saw The Tourist, but I just remember that there's some kind of unholy twist in it that does not make any sense. That's all that I know about the Johnny Depp, Angelina Jolie, two-hander, The Tourist.
9: Yeah. I've never actually seen it because I love her too much to watch it. But No one has. Yeah, I support that for her. But this is what the Globes do. They nominate nonsense. Aaron Taylor Johnson has a acting trophy for nocturnal animals. I just—it's just, it's just a, every year it feels like we do this, and every year
2: everyone's like, <laughs> "I can't believe these nominees," and it's like every year it's like, "It's just like like a couple dozen Italian people just being yeah. like uh, they They're came to a boat party." <laughs> oh, you did
9: it too. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, maybe the wild, maybe the thing I'm the only nomination i'm actually mad about is (laughs) hamilton how did disney plus convince the hfpa that that hamilton recording of a theater production that i watched on disney plus is a motion picture i mean it is is it it is look i it's uh... a live special (laughs) It is a, a live special, special slash variety show. <laughs> yes, it it is. That's right. It's an event.
2: It should be nominated alongside. It should have if it should, it should have to fight against Grease Live. Yeah. You know.
9: Or Carpool Karaoke.
2: <laughs> All right, let's spin it again. It has landed on Oreos. Mm. So, Ira, uh, uh, thank you for being here for this. Um, I have a sickness. Do you like the Chromatica Oreos? So, first of all, I haven't even... That was my keep it this week. I haven't... <laughs> I don't know. Look, I don't know where these Chromatica Oreos are. They have not made it to the part of the country
9: I'm currently in. Literally? Uh, oh, where are you? I'm in Connecticut. Oh. All right. Eating pizza. Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what
2: I am up here. Do you think Catherine Hepburn used to uh get depressed and eat 33 out of 36 Oreos from the box.
9: Probably.
2: All right, he, look, I'll just summarize the rant. I am eating too many Oreos and I can't stop. I had 33 out of 36 from a box and I thought I'd shown restraint. That was in a 24-hour period. Mm. Um but you raised Catherine Hepburn and I will share this cuz I think it's really funny, which is Mia has a handwritten recipe called Catherine Hepburn's brownies. <laughs> <laughs> and um They're pretty
9: good. Ronan made them. How have you never cooked them, like, on your show with Priyanka or sent me the recipe to cook them? It's honestly never occurred to me. (laughs) I want to make these brownies now. This is so upsetting. Lewis would (laughs) kill you. Here's the thing.
2: Here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's a lot of things that I would go to Catherine Hepburn to ask. Fashion questions, acting questions, style questions, (laughs) performance questions, uh, uh, how do you, you uh, questions about character and, and uh, 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 integrity. Here's what I don't go to Catherine Hepburn about, which is brownies <laughs> because as a rule, which is not what I would go to her for. You don't go to somebody with those cheekbones and ask them for dessert recipes. You know what I mean? Mm. You go to somebody with these cheekbones. I'm pointing at my face. <laughs> you go to somebody with softer features that's all that I'm saying. But they're pretty good. Ronan made them. They're pretty good. Mm. They're pretty good. The Catherine Hepburn
9: brownies. Maybe I should make those with Priyanka. That's a good idea. You should. Who else has them? I don't know. I w- no. I just wonder like who else Catherine gave this recipe to. That's what I want to know. I don't know.
2: What if it's a? What if this piece of paper is like the only copy? Like um, one of those
9: Nicolas Cage things. You know? Oh, like it's a national treasure. Book of Secrets. National Da treasure. Vinci Code. <laughs> da Vinci Code. So are you saying that the Catherine Hepburn's brownie recipe actually reveals some secret? Like, who killed Natalie Wood? <laughs> well, it was re- – <laughs> that's not – we know,
2: we know who killed Natalie Wood. Everybody knows that. Uh- <laughs> of course we do. Yeah. It was Jeremy Renner. <laughs> Jeremy Renner. <laughs> Jeremy Renner. After Matt Damon said no. Yeah. Uh, when we <laughs> – I don't know what that means. All right. <laughs> Let's end this.
9: <laughs> um. Ira, always a pleasure to see you. Thank you. Also, suggestion for not eating all those Oreos all the time, because I have successfully stopped myself from eating the hordes of Girl Scout cookies that I have in my home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just got Invisalign. So it's like, um, it stops you from eating them. You got to take these out. It's a whole you process. You got to brush your teeth after you put, like, eat something. You got to put them back in. I'm, I just decided to not snack. That's cool. That's cool. It's like a, um,
2: it's like a, what it, it's like a chastity belt for Oreos.
9: Yeah, you know, in a way, mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah, black stink moaning myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this segment's over.
2: <laughs> it has landed on Lamar Odom versus Aaron Carter. Langston,
1: take it away. Yeah okay I'll be honest Everybody's been focusing their attention On the insurrection and I feel like This is a much bigger issue I think that, that mm-hmm. in truth This is this, Listen Jake Uh Paul knocked out Nate Robinson in two rounds and and laid him to the ground in a way that black people are going to struggle with for centuries to follow. Like this is this is something that's going to go down in our history books. And now there's a new trend that's popping up where a bunch of uh, filthy white boys are are preparing to now take on our greatest athletes and somehow prove that they are more athletic, more capable uh, and especially better fighters and my fear is that this is actually going to end up in a devastating way for Lamar Odom despite being 6'9 6'10 and uh, a former NBA champion he might in fact get knocked out by by what's his name Aaron, Aaron Carter, Carter. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Carter of all of all people not even the best Carter Aaron Carter is going to knock out Lamar Odom who's overcome so much he survived fucking strokes and crack addiction and now he's going to get knocked out by aaron carter and only the black community is going to be left to suffer through this and it's all gonna like it you know dana white's gonna get paid off in it i don't know it's just it's very upsetting i'm not sleeping well he could win he could lamar odom could win but there's no what is the win here aaron carter is my height and and unwell he, his family doesn't speak to him anymore. He's, he's what QAnon people are afraid is inside of the Wayfair cabinets. <laughs> like, we we are not... Aaron Carter is not... Uh, a, a, there's <laughs> no victory in knocking out
2: Aaron Carter. Right. Right. What What do you win? What do you win? You're supposed what, to win, win here. You're supposed to beat him.
1: Yeah. You're a giant... He's
2: supposed to be in a Wayfair cabinet that you build yourself. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> he
2: just arrives on top.
1: Yeah. <laughs> He's the guy who brings it to you. He's sort of the Rumpelstiltskin of Wayfair Cabinets. He stands outside of it and he's ah, look inside. And then, you know, a girl named Rebecca pops out or whatever it is that they think is happening. <laughs> anyway, I'm very upset. It, it's, it's ruining my sleep. I don't know what to do with these feelings. I don't know what to do
2: either. I don't understand these celebrity confrontations. They're not for me. Sure. They're
1: not for me. Yeah. it re- it I feel like... It started after that, you remember that Claymation show Celebrity Deathmatch? Yes. Where we theorized what it would be like for these celebrities to fist fight each other and, and murder each other. And then some of them started doing it. Like I have a vague memory of Tanya Harding fighting somebody. Yes. Tanya Harding did fight and then went on to like have multiple fights because it turned out she was pretty good at it. Yeah. And Screech well, fought somebody. R.I.P. Screech. R.I.P. Oh, we'll miss you dearly. And, uh, <laughs> you know, all these people just started fighting and it, it turned into a weird thing where we just wanted to see how weird they punched or how uncomfortable they were with uh, getting help from a man in a corner they didn't know. It just all it makes me uncomfortable. And I pray Lamar Odom wins, but I also don't know what the victory is here.
2: And I also think that when we signed up to watch celebrities fight each other and beat each other to a bloody pulp, it was yet another, along with... Bill de Blasio dropping the groundhog. uh, (laughs) Bad omen for our society. Langston Kerman, so good to see you. Thank you so much
1: for being here. Thank you. This was fun.
2: It has landed on Super Bowl commercials. And uh, here to rant about the topic, it's Travis. Travis Helwick. Hi, Travis.
10: First of all, I'm not the person who started that fire, and it's one of my. Uh, it's, it's if you search my name in Google, one of the auto things is fire, uh, and it's uh, and that and the Mike Bloomberg thing have haunted me forever.
2: So I just want to put out there that they're both not true. What's not true? Yeah, you're not. You are not currently a speechwriter for Mike Bloomberg. No, That's
10: I right. never have been. <laughs> a you never writer. have been okay. a
2: what? Speechwriter for Mike Bloomberg.
10: Or speechwriter in general, right. unless you count
2: what I do for you, speechwriting. So what was the job you did for Mike Bloomberg? I mean, I don't, we don't We do get into the details. You worked for Mike Bloomberg. wasn't technically a speechwriter. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> God fucking damn it. <laughs> I don't know what you're upset about. Whatever. Anyway, so Travis Travis hit a rant. You know him. He wasn't actually a speechwriter for Mike Bloomberg. He had some other kind of similar job. Super Bowl ads, huh? Uh, Cheetos, Budweiser. Let's go. <laughs> All
10: right. So <laughs> um, I want to begin this rant by saying... I like Tim and Eric, okay, <laughs> and I don't want wow. I don't
2: want mm-hmm. Tim or okay. Eric
10: or any fans of them to think that I I think that they're bad. I
2: actually think that they're great. You, you don't like you like kind of more traditional comedy.
10: I love Tim and Eric. I was very much influenced by them as a young comedian, which I was before I started working <clears throat> at this bullshit company. Um, and <laughs> now I'm an old uh, I'm an old neo yeah, huh? that gets yelled at by people mm-hmm. for liking Pete Buttigieg too much. Okay, the rant. Tim and Eric ruined Super Bowl commercials. Wow, all right. And, and here is is what I'll say. Tim and Eric invented a very good style of comedy that was like, you know, some kind, it was kind of bad on purpose and they used like this 80s video style and it was very cool and it was very influential. The downside is that it was very easy to recreate by people who were less talented than them. And so around 2015, Tim and Eric started making ads for Old Spice and they involved like a man with a shirt off, it was very fast moving and weird and a lot of strange shit happened and people loved it cause it's funny and it's Tim and Eric. From there, every single fucking Super Bowl commercial after those Old Spice ads are the exact same thing. And it involves a weird man punching through things, 4,000 mm-hmm. weird things happen. Like it, it, this year it's gonna be like Fran Lebowitz on a unicorn, like w- high-fiving Wayne Brady. Like it'll be, it's stupid <laughs> and there's too many things going on and what I want I don't want, from now on, I just want the Budweiser frogs back. I want horses that make me cry because they brought the Budweiser over a field. I want, like, I want one funny thing. I don't need 40 things. I want an old woman eating a Doritos 3D doing a kickflip. And that's it. Yeah. That's all I want. Tim and Eric is good.
2: Tim and Eric is great. Forget what Travis said. Tim and Eric (laughs) are great. Look, tra- Travis, no, here's what I mean. Travis- Is that
10: someone's going to fucking snitch tag Tim and Eric who listen to this podcast and be like, I can't believe Travis talked shit about them. And it's going to, they're going to, they don't know that it's not real. God damn it. You've ruined my life. That's my rant. Travis Hellwig, everybody.
4: That was awesome.
2: It has landed on PlayStation 5. I have waited to talk about this because I felt fortunate to have a PlayStation 5 because I got very lucky and someone sent me the link to get one at the exact moment it was possible for me to get one and they've been quite scarce. That's how you got the vaccine, right? That's also how I got the vaccine. Uh, I got the vaccine the same way I got the, the PlayStation 5, which is somebody replied to me and Josh Gad on Twitter. That's how I got both. Um, and it was in both cases, Deborah Burks, oddly enough. <laughs> um (laughs) uh so i've I, i and i love the playstation 5 in many respects i enjoyed the demon souls i then went down a rabbit hole from games and i played your uh your dark souls 3 uh i played bloodborne again had a blast i'm currently playing hitman 3 enjoying it immensely enjoying it immensely love planning my missions the graphics are beautiful and I've been reluctant to criticize the PlayStation 5 because it has been such a, a light in the darkness in a period in which there is not much to do. The menus <laughs> are terrible. The design of the interface is garbage. What did they do? What did they do? PlayStation 3 had a terrible interface. They kind of fixed it for PlayStation 4, and it is currently an absolute shit show. Hold the PlayStation button, you get one menu. Tap it, you get another. Neither one is what you'd expect. And in both respects, the center of the screen is filled with advertisements and genuine bullshit. I got a PlayStation
10: 5 last week. Mm -hmm. And so I know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And it really seems like they continue to advertise the games you've already purchased when you press that button. (laughs) What What am I...
2: Yeah, no, I I think Hitman 3 is pretty cool. That's why I was trying to open it. Sony, what's going on? What are these giant cards? When I open a PlayStation 5, I'm not looking for an interface that allows me to reminisce about the levels I played previously on the PlayStation 5. Gigantic in the center of the screen. I don't know, look. There is a culture around the trophies that you can earn, and I actually have at times enjoyed trying to be a completionist and getting the trophies. I don't know a single person out there who wants their entire game experience to revolve around sharing information about the completion trophies they got in various games. I don't know who wants that. I don't know anyone ever who wants that. Just... Put a simple fucking thing where you can click on the game you want to play or close the game you don't want to play. Turning the thing off is an an ordeal.
10: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I never know why the game library isn't the entire screen. I will say it always makes me feel bad when I open that menu because I'm not a completionist. I'm very bad at video games. And it'll be like... Did you know you've only completed 60% of this Sackboy level? I'm like, oh, I couldn't even win
2: this game for children? What is this information? (laughs) I'm doing terribly. Oh, you're only at 59% through this part of the game. I'm going to the game to continue playing the game. Don't tell me how to complete a video game, all right? I played through Shadow of the Colossus like three dozen times to get onto the roof of the temple, all right? And if you know what I'm talking about... No idea. Well... It's a very complicated thing about increasing your stamina, uh, your little pink stamina ball, all right? And you have to complete the game several times and go through the journey against the, the colossus, uh, the colossuses, the colossi, uh, several times to repeat the cycle until you can reach the garden that you climb to uh, on the top of the cathedral. The point is, Sony, I'm a fan, all right? I'm not an Xbox person, all right? I'm a PlayStation person. You got me. Fix the interface, Let's do an update. Let's do an update. I will also say the controller is excellent. Everything about the system is excellent, is excellent. So uh, I just think the menus are just a huge miss, huge miss on the interface. That's all. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to Aaron, Ira, Langston, and Travis for joining for the Rant Wheel. When we come back, we'll end on a high note.
0: Don't go anywhere. This is Love It or Leave It, and there's more on the way.
2: We're back. Because we all need it this week, here it is, the high note. I
5: love it. My high note is after watching and being in awe of the inauguration, particularly of Vice President Harris, my partner was inspired in researching the requirements for running for the U.S. House of Representatives. She is a queer immigrant from Iran, a practicing Christian and former pastor, and she would bring a unique voice um, and an important one to Congress. Hopefully you'll find her on the ballot in 2022. Thanks. Bye.
3: Hi, I love it. This is Layla from Virginia. And I'm a grad student. I'm also a mental health counselor who works in a grant funded clinic that provides free counseling to families. My high note of the week is that um, after a long time, we were able to finally be able to also provide services to teachers and school staff in our area. And so we're really excited to be able to just meet the mental health needs of our families, students, and teachers and school staff during this really difficult time, and hopefully be able to give you a support for them. Thank you for everything that you're doing. I love the show, and it really is a great thing for me to
6: keep up with.
8: I love it. This is Katie calling from the Twin Cities, and my high note this week was I just finished the 10K that I spent all of January training for, and my goal was to finish it in under an hour. And while listening to your show and the time flying by, I finished it in 58 minutes, 36 seconds. So thanks for that. Also, I don't know if you remember, a couple of years ago, you came to Minneapolis in a crazy blizzard in April. And my sisters and I were a few of the crazy folks who came to see you. So thanks for making it there and um, providing some entertainment for our, us hardy Minnesotans. Have a great day.
3: Hey Love It, this is Tim from Birmingham, Alabama. This past weekend, some friends, uh, we got together and went out rock climbing for her birthday and we all climbed well, It's beautiful weather and more than anything, it just was, it gave me hope because it felt a little normal and it just gave me, uh, an excitement and a little bit of joy and thinking that even though we're not out of the woods yet with COVID and that there's a lot of work to be done, um, it just felt
2: It felt normal. And that was really hopeful for me. Thanks for all you do. Thanks to everybody who left a message. If you want to leave us a message about something that gave you hope, you can call us at 323-521-9455. Thanks to Langston, Aaron, Ira, Travis, and everybody who called in. There are 640 days until the 2022 midterm elections. Have a great weekend, everybody. Love It or Leave It is a Crooked Media production. It is written and produced by me, John Lovett, Elisa Gutierrez, Lee Eisenberg, our head writer and the person whose gender reveal party started the fire, Travis Helwig. Jocelyn Kaufman, Pulavi Gunnallan, and Peter Miller are the writers. Our assistant producer is Sydney Rapp. Bill Lance is our editor and Kyle Seglin is our sound engineer. Our theme song is written and performed by Sure Sure. Thanks to our designers Jesse McLean and Jamie Skeel for creating and running all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast. And to our digital producers Narmal Konyan and Milo Kim for filming and editing video each week, so you can. Sofas,
5: recliners, love seats—everything is better in leather. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley, where bold meets durable. And wait a minute, who's been finger painting on the couch again? That's okay. Leather is easy to clean. The new leather collection at Ashley is built with the durability you need for the whole family. Yes, pets too. <coughs> Luxury is meant to be livable. Shop chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at five ninety nine ninety nine. dollars Ashley, for the love of home.